Hello there. I'm Ryan Woods, a Spartan god. This is my own mind. You're listening to the I'm a Spartan podcast, Scott Knowles. And I'm... What the fuck am I doing this, man? This is fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? I'm doing these favors for these bums? Nah, fuck this. I'm out here. Katie, bring me some wine. I'm fucking out. Hey, I'm Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? Have you healed up from Killington yet? It's been two weeks. I know I'm still a little sore. But anyway, I'm still going to be at Savage Race this weekend in Georgia, so if you see me there, come up to me and say, hey, what's up? Got a really cool episode today. Uh, Mark Montano is on here, and he is one of the DJs for Spartan Race. And he's been Spartan racing and doing OCRs and triathlons. All the way back from like 2011, so dude's an OG, and uh, I was really happy to have him on and just pick his brain about what it's like being a DJ for Spartan and talking to him about all the cool venues that he's gone to and raced at and worked at, and uh, it's a really cool interview, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Here it is, Mark Montano. Mark Montano, what's up, man? Hey, good evening. So, man... I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. And, you know, I, I know you from seeing you at the races. You know, you're a DJ for Spartan. But I didn't know, like, a lot of your background, you know, when I was looking through your athletes, man. And, like, <laughs> like you're a straight-up dude, man. Like an OG, you know, your first race with Spartan was 2011. And I don't know how many, like, ex-Terra races and triathlons that were in your, like, results and stuff, man. So you're a badass, dude. Well, wow! Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. As a matter of fact, you mentioned Xterra and stuff. I know you have like Josiah Midow and a long line of guests. So I appreciate you having me on. With all you know, I'm honored. Heck yeah, man! I'll have anybody on that wants to talk, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great. You know, going into championship season. You know, first day of fall. You got you know we got. Um, you know, Vermont going on this weekend with OCRWC. We yeah. got Tahoe. You know, so much going on. You, are you going to be in Telluride? No, I'm probably staying local for the rest of the year. I'm going to do Nashville, do Savage this weekend. Okay. Uh, do the Atlanta race and probably finish up with the Carolina Ultra. That'll probably be my last you, race you, of the year. You could have fooled me because I know you're doing ultras. I thought you had uh, Telluride on on your mind because that's us. That's what I've been. That's what I, what I went to Montana for was to qualify for Telluride. Right. See, I, you know I like doing the ultras, but you know, fifty k that's a, that's a good stopping point for me. That twenty four hour stuff in the freezing cold snow and at <laughs> elevation. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to really cold weather. Oh, me too. Me too. That's <laughs> kind of why I do it. Like that's why I went to Sweden and everything because. I had to overcome that, like, you know, that ch I had to challenge myself ever since that Tahoe 2019. Man, that uh, was rough. That was a year that, like, spurred my, like, you know, vendetta against cold. <laughs> I know. I almost, I was thinking about going to Tahoe that year, and I was so glad I didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure um, it was epic, but it looked miserable. Well, you know, one, if you get have a defeat, it's always good to have a comeback, too, you know. So that was one thing. It, it spurred me to go on to, like, uh, Greece and then Sweden and do all the, you know, ultras and stuff like that. So it was cool. 
Right on. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about your background, man. Like, how did you find, like, endurance sports, like, when you were growing up? And you're from California, right? Right, right, right. So, I actually, I've always been a swimmer and always been, like, a waterman, always been close to the beach and stuff growing up here in SoCal. Right. And then, um, but I never really ran until I was 30 years old. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I ran my first 5K. That was, like, a big thing for me back then. And that was when I turned 30. And so then it just started from there, like my whole like endurance thing. It started from 5K, 10K, went to half marathon. And then one thing led to another. And then I started doing the triathlons, like sprint distance, working my way all the way up. And then I started training for the triathlons by doing Spartan races. And then it kind of flip-flopped where I was doing the triathlons and doing you know training for the spartan races with triathlons so like wow. it's just been a long journey you know like an evolution of things that happened so so like how did you um like come across uh spartan through all that well you know down here we used to race in a, uh, in temecula at this place called Vail lake it was pretty one of these epic venues that spartan had in the beginning mm-hmm. and um it was just one thing that we just all went and did and just like kind of like it was different, something like kind of a military thing where you're climbing through barbed wire, jumping over fire, you know, just something out of the ordinary, just something to do. And uh, I, I know that it was kind of born here in SoCal, too, down yeah. in um, Camp Pendleton, mud runs. So it was something that we've always, always known about. I've always it's been on my radar and finally had an opportunity to do it. I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. And I just got bitten by, you know, hooked. And it's been ever since, like, you know, amazing journey, taking me all around the world, like, you know, Tokyo, Ireland, uh, Amsterdam. I mean, it's just been an amazing journey with Spartan Race and OCR, and you know. Right. Yeah, I saw that you went to a bunch of different countries to run with. Now, were you working with Spartan when you went to those countries, or was that just something you decided to travel and do on your own? Well, yeah, so um, I've been working with Spartan since 2015. And so since I'm working mostly in the States, I try to travel abroad to race, race races, you know, right. since I'm working most of the ones in the, in, in the, in the country here. So that's kind of my thing is like, since I'm, I have connections here and there, I'm like, well, I might as well make a racecation out of it and go travel out there and oh, yeah. just celebrate Spartan. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. And you work for UPS too, right? Can you tell me that? Yeah, yes, yeah. so I've been working with UPS for like 20 years and wow. got like mad vacation. So that's one thing that like I've been fortunate enough to be in my career where I've been there a long time and have had the, you know, the seniority there and everything. It's pretty cool. So you're you're a delivery driver, right? You have like a route yes. to do every day. See, yeah. Now yeah, I'll... over here in San Diego, Bankers Hill. It's pretty cool. I've been with, on my route for about seven, six, seven years now. Oh, cool. See, now, I always thought it was, like, hard to get time off when you work with UPS. I mean, it just shows how unfamiliar I am with it. But I guess if you got 20 years there, you build up vacation like you do anywhere else. True, true. And, you know, it's tough, though, too, at the same time, because I have they pick all their vacations at the beginning of the year. Uh, and it's really hard to know what, what races I'll be working and racing. Yeah. So it's really tough to schedule. So I do... You know, it's sometimes there's a sick call here and there. I'm not going to lie, but for the most <laughs> part, I try to you know be good, and it's just tough. I just have to communicate most of the time. But yeah, I mean, like it's really cool with um, 
this weekend Spartan race going into Tahoe, you know, it's a West coast race and the North American championship. So, you know, I don't have to travel to the East coast. Right. And those East coast trips are pretty hard sometimes, right. but the West coast trips are nice. Yeah. Cause you were just in Vermont too. Yeah. Then it went back. Then I went to Florida to kiss me for a day race. So oh, wow. I had a quick turnaround, but at the same time, you know, I love getting out there and traveling. And so kind of like my, my internal clock is kind of like, you know, it's been, it's used to it. <laughs> right. So I guess being like the DJ, you don't have to actually get there like a week ahead of time. And do y'all actually help do the builds and all, or do you just pretty much just go there, set up to do the DJ and do the DJ work? Yeah. So tomorrow I'll be leaving for Tahoe. Um, and we get there Thursday as a travel day and we get, get in and we set up all the equipment on Friday. And then we do like, sometimes they'll have like the packet pickups on Friday or like they'll have a athlete dinner or something. And then over the weekend we, you know, do the race audio and then it's just a quick breakdown again. And then they, we pack it all up and send it to the next race. Oh, sweet. Um, but yeah, for, but most of the time, you know, we're Spartans, so we all dig in and pitch in. I right. love helping out all my, my festival guys. If they need help anywhere, we always pitch in. You know, it's just, you know, leave nobody behind. You know, always mentality with Spartan race, you know, work together. Yeah, I would say that, like, if, if I had any job, like, at Spartan, I just think being the DJ would be, like, one of the coolest jobs to have on, like, race day especially, you know. It is. It is. It's that's the thing is that you can always count on me for having, you know, good music out there and, you know, motivation and keep it energy. But at the same time, it is difficult too. you. I mean, you see me up there on main stage. You, you've you seen me before age group awards, putting right. out, you know, you know, if there's lost kids, you never know. There's like people lost and found and, you know, and there's a million questions. So it's like right. you're putting out fires right and left. You're like, I, I kind of equate it to being an octopus out there. I have like eight <laughs> arms and I'm, you know, playing music, making announcements, making yeah. sure everybody is in, you know, is, is keeping the spirits up and, you know, keeping everything. You know, sometimes those awards don't come out on time. So I got to stall. So it's not as easy as, 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 as people think, but at oh, the I'm same sure. time, it's very rewarding, you know? Right. So is like, have you always been a DJ since the day you started with them? Uh, well, so I started way back in the day um, as a MC, uh, like at the start line, right. you know, with, with Spartan Race. But I had some DJ experience with another race series called Epic Series. Yeah. But when I first started with Spartan, I was just a start line guy. And then I, I crossed over to the DJ thing in the main stage. And then I kind of stayed with the main stage for a long time. And then I kind of do fill-ins here and there on the start line still and i like to get back to like where i started here and there um but for the most part yeah mostly main stage you know giving their awards to all the champions like you out there <laughs> so yeah it's great so did you when you were doing like uh the start line guy did you get tired of saying the pledge a hundred times a day no, no, at the same, it's just a different type of uh, motivation. You know, you're getting everybody. At, see, as an athlete myself, um, that's kind of where I started because I kind of had a mentor mentor named TC. Yeah. And he brought me into Spartan Race. And, you know, he was at, you know, he's one of those legendary start line guys that would like make your hair stand on your arms before you got into that starting corral, you know. So I was like kind of the same way. I wanted to give back the same way he kind of pumped me up. So it's the same thing. You know, you just kind of want to give back and get everybody energized before they get on the course. And that's, it's just a different type of, uh, 
fun, you know, at the start line than it is at main stage. Right. I would think that if, if I had to do that all day long, I, I, I figured I would probably lose my voice because, you know, I, I would get into it, you know, and try to like amp up the crowds before they went. Oh, out. definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, I kind of do take that a little bit from everybody. So, you know, if you, you know, coach pain, I'll take a little coach pain and yeah. I'll take a little Leonidas. I'll take a little bit of my, all my mentors, you know, um, and all my friends, you know, Rob, Lede, you know, everybody, you take a little bit from everybody and I put it together and make this, you know, make, make an epic start line. That's pretty cool. So, um, like, and did you say you had like DJ experience before, you started doing any of this or was it something yeah. they kind of taught you yeah, to do? Not really too much, you know, not like seriously, like I just did it on the side and it's something that kind of took on from there. You know, it wasn't anything I didn't do, didn't do anything like clubs or anything like that, but I had some experience. And so just kind of one thing led to another. It's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah. We don't DJ as much. Like when I first started at Spartan race, we definitely like, you know, use tables and stuff. And me and my buddy Carlos used to have like DJ wars and stuff on the main stage. Yeah. But now it's coming to the point where it's really hard to, to manage that and the whole festival with festival challenges and, and making sure sponsors and just, you know, I'm running around a lot, you know, sometimes now when you're short on staff and volunteers and I'm emptying trash cans and back in Hawaii, we were providing people with masks running around. So my job isn't just on main stage. I love to make sure when I'm there, my managers know that my festival area is going to be taken care of. So, you know, I do more than just play music now. I kind of, you know, I make sure the music is on point no matter what. But then after that, you know, I have to make sure the festival is taken care of as well. Yeah. I was real good friends with the guy that used to always do a lot of the East Coast races. I think he moved on to something else. What's his name? Was it Dan? Dave? Dave, yes. Dave. Yes, Dave. Yeah, he's awesome. Man, yeah, I loved him. He was guy. great. I hated to see him leave, but, you know, I understand when you yeah, I think he went on to do uh, some coaching at like uh, a gym or I think he had a uh, landscape business or something. So he just went on to do more stuff aside that was more, I think, permanent. And, you know, it was, right. you know, sometimes life on the road is tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I, I think he left in what, 2019, towards the end of 2019, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it worked out good for him seeing his COVID come out and everything, too. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that could derail—I never thought Spartan could get derailed like it did. But I'm glad to see we were back this year. You know, hardcore, just picking up right where we left off, and it definitely showed all the athletes coming out all year long, pushing it. And now we're—we made it through the year in the fall. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. It seems like we're back like uh, better than ever, too, man. And I know a lot of people got excited when they resold the uh, season passes and they were a little bit cheaper than they were in the past and got a lot more benefits, including the ultra in the, with the pass. I mean, that was just yeah, great marketing Congrats. by Spartan. Did you pick one up? Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I mean, they offer so many races now and you know, if you're in a certain region, you can get out there and do that whole region just in driving range, especially where, you know, on the East coast, Southeast, yeah. Northwest, wherever. Yeah, I'm in the southeast, and I'm located where I can get to a bunch of races within a seven-hour drive, so it's really nice. Oh, yeah, I love I love the family down there. You get Spartan family down there is strong. Yeah, man. The Atlanta races are always good. It's always a good time. 
Heck yeah, you can always tell by the color of the dirt what, what races you're at, right? Oh yeah, it's <laughs> usually always red mud down here, or either the dark yeah. gray stuff if you're closer to Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, whatever it starts over at Austin and works its way over that orange mud. <laughs> right. So, uh, man, tell me about like some of the races that you did like overseas. Like, I, I saw you went to like Ireland and Tokyo and Madrid and Amsterdam. Like, what are those races like? You know, compared to the races in the states, man. So I started racing internationally a couple, maybe I think it's been a few years now. Um, I loved seeing the difference. So all their variants, like, so they'd have the same obstacles, but they'd have it kind of different. So like the Hercoist in Spain would have like this huge weighted tire with like a weight in the middle. And or oh, wow. like in Ireland, they'd have like kettlebells or, you know, it's just huh. different. Yeah. Instead of like typical, like five gallon bucket, they have this humongous round, like humongous. I, I don't even know planter bucket. That's just way bigger than our standard ones here. So I, that's what I loved about it. And then when I was in Tokyo, they, they introduced those, the obstacles we have now over there. So I got a chance to see things that like they were trying out overseas. Um, maybe construction wise, I think they were building them over there and that's when we, maybe they tried them out first, you know, in the Malaysian market over there or something, because I definitely saw all the the different surfaces first, and that was really cool to see. Like the slip wall was different, you right. know. The um, Olympus was different, so that's one thing. Early on, that's what I liked about is the differences of the different markets. Whether you're in Europe or like you know anywhere, Tokyo, or it's really cool to see. But now we've got them all standardized. So I know that wherever you go, they are similar, you know, to the U.S. as before, you know, the surfaces or just maybe maybe multi-rigs are different. But now I know they're starting to standardize more, but it's still just as fun to get out there in Spain, you know, in Madrid. I mean, it was crazy to see the scenery. I mean, they have chains over there. I don't know if you know that. You carry these humongous chains. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I've cool. seen some pictures of like other people's profiles where they'll have that yeah. big, huge chain around their neck, you know? Yeah, so things like that, you know, little, little differences, subtlety. So instead of a bag, you know, instead of like a sandbag, that's what they carry. Yeah. Um, or back in the day, like their spear throw, you know, I saw different variants in that where they'd have the hay wrapped in the saran wrap which made it tough so a lot of people would throw it and it would just bounce Bounce off off. because it wouldn't penetrate the saran wrap so and you know and then i when i was in tokyo i was the first to see that styrofoam way back in the day before we had it here in the state so another you know difference you know in the international market but you know now we're all the same so now wherever you go you're going to see that same styrofoam hay might be hard to come by in tokyo (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was on a military uh, base too. Yeah, I think a styrofoam is like the best thing ever for the spear throw because you can just barely hit it and it'll stick. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With the hay, it was yeah, it was crazy because you'd hit it, it would just like fall out or something. You'd be like, damn. Yeah. So out of all of those foreign races that you went to, which one was like probably your favorite? You know. Um, it would probably have to be that Greece Sweden week where. Uh, the trifecta, oh, the trifecta weekend. weekend. Yeah, yeah. It was back to back. So I was out there for Greece, and it was just a week after, a couple hundred bucks to fly to Sweden, and I had qualified for both. So that week in itself was pretty amazing. Um, and then I had a couple surprises, unexpected surprises, where 
I had to fill in for one of the MCs over there, and they actually threw me on the main stage. Oh wow! For the for the award ceremony after I, I had just run the beast, so just yeah, it was a pretty memorable uh, week. Uh, and then I felt like be, it was, I was baptized as a Spartan. Like I was, it was really I really took it as a momentous thing because I was swimming in the waters of Sparta. You know, it was right. Really, really special. I know I want to get out there and do that race. That, it just looks like an awesome time being in Sparta. Absolutely. I highly recommend it. And it is sad that the announcement just came out um, because we've all been trying to get back there. So, you know, yeah. I know they just canceled it. But uh, I mean, it's just it really is um, something to to be in. Like if you're a true Spartan uh, to be out there. And you actually get to see the ruins and everything. It's, yeah. just, it's really awesome. Well, you know, we, we all knew that overseas travel was probably going to be, you know, super difficult all this year. And it may still be kind of difficult, you know, into next year too. But maybe some of it will open up to where hopefully everything will start getting safer by next year anyway, you know. Yeah, it's just crazy because we just get our hopes up and it's just like a roller coaster. You know, it's, it gets better and then it gets worse. It gets better and worse. So I just yeah. hoping for the best for sure. Um, I know that they're still racing in Europe. I mean, they just had their European championship and John Alpin just won that. And uh, a couple of old time athletes that, you know, had been out of the, I think they hadn't won. I think, I think her name was Zukova or something. She hadn't won for a few years either. Yeah, Zuxana or Zuzana. I don't think that's how you say her name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's pretty uh, bad. Because, you know, she's the one that always comes over here and gives Lindsay Webster a run for money. Exactly, exactly, yeah. I think she had a uh, baby or something, and she took like a year off or a couple of years off. Yeah, she, yeah like I think that. she had a baby, which is cool. Now she's back stronger than ever. Yeah. <clears throat> So, um, and it, do you remember, did you see the video of the start line where at that race where they had that tape up and the announcer was like giving his speech and yes. either there was a, there was some miscommunication there. I guess they, they set it down, I guess. So they wouldn't break <laughs> through it at the beginning, I guess. But I guess a lot of the people there thought, okay, they set it down. That means it's time to go. But the announcer was still speaking. And then John's back there just waiting, you know. <laughs> oh, was, was this funny. at the European just recently? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I missed that. I thought you were talking about in Greece where they, like, uh, walk you through that old the, the old part. No, this they is... They do a special thing in Greece, too. But, no, I didn't know about this in Europe. So, if you, I know, uh, I think Obstacle Race and Media had the video up but yeah so you know the announcer i think he was speaking french and he was talking to everybody and they had like a finish line tape holding everybody back you know and some volunteers were holding it up and before he was done saying the speech they set down that tape and when they set down that tape some of them started kind of jumping forward because they didn't know if it was time to go or not uh, and you know I've seen that before. I've seen that happen before. Yeah, and it's I guess it's kind of crazy to think, you know, if those guys actually get in a couple seconds lead, you know, yeah, that's not fair. And so some of them just started running, and then you know, of course, everybody follows the leader, even though the announcer's still talking. And <laughs> John Albin is literally like the last person to leave. So, and you can just, I mean, it's pretty funny video because you can see the look on his face, and as soon as they, you know, they say go. 
which they don't say go, they you know, because it's in French. I'm not sure what yeah. he said. I think he was counting down backwards from 10 to 1 is what I heard somebody else say. But it's pretty funny. And I just think, you know, and I'm sure every country does it differently. But, you know, over here, you know, it's always aru, 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 go, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder, I'm, I'm going to have to check with my man, uh, Spartan Phil over there, because he's the guy, I think, in Europe, or the UK at least, um, who does the start line. Right. And have, have you seen Spartan Phil with the um, Spartan getup? He wears the whole, yeah. whole suit. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty and he, cool. I know he's multi. He's got. He's proficient in many languages, so he could have been. I don't know. I have to ask. I'm not sure if he was the the one that was doing that too, and it might have been a countdown because you know that was their you know their big deal race, so they probably made a special countdown for it. But you know, I guess all the maybe all everybody there didn't understand French or just them dropping <laughs> that tape before he was finished made them think it was time to go. I think that's probably more of what it had to do with it. But. Uh-huh. It was it wow. was it was a pretty funny video, and like I said, John was like the last one to go. But as soon as he was able to go, he ran around like half of the crowd right there in an instant, and still beat beat the socks off of him. I think he won by like five minutes. Damn, he's a badass. Yeah, no kidding. It's crazy, you know, Ryan Atkins, John Album. I mean, those guys. Yeah, they're a step. They're next level for sure. Yeah. I mean, and you know, and it's crazy, you know, with, you know, OCR Worlds going on in Vermont, and then we got Tahoe this weekend, too. You know, everybody's spread out, you know. You got a lot of, yeah. a lot of the pros are, you know, leaning towards Vermont, but then you still have some that are going to Tahoe, too. Because I think they said, yeah, I saw that. exciting. I saw that I Atkins there's a tough was, mutter, too. Oh, there's a tough mutter this weekend, too? I think so. I think so. Huh. Yeah, there's a there's a lot definitely a lot going on. Yeah, and the savages going on. I know on there's like a, an endurance race or something going on up in the northwest somewhere. Right. Cuz I think they said like somebody said that Ryan Atkins was going to Tahoe, but Lindsey Webster was doing OCR World Champions, so. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um I think Cuz the big race is on Sunday in Tahoe, right? Or is it Saturday? As far as the championship one, yeah. um, I haven't actually looked at the schedule, but I do, I do know that, like, you're right. It depends on everyone's goals, what they're, like, some people love those OCRWC uh, obstacles, you know, right. and some people have goals for Abu Dhabi, so they want the points and, like, the qualifications and things. Yeah. So I know, I know what you mean. It's a tough decision to see where you want to go. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I think they do, like, the... They do one of the races on Friday and one of the races on Saturday, and then the team race is on Sunday in Vermont. So I guess if the championship race was on Sunday in Tahoe, you could maybe catch a flight and do both. But, man, that would be some hell travel. True, true. Sure. Um, and that's the thing. I think, you know, prize money-wise, whatever they, you know, think they can have a bigger chance of getting, you know, I think that's where they're going. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that OCR, I love the concept of the obstacle um, world championship. I always have. Um, yeah. It's a shame that they go on at the same time because you'd love to see all the athletes there, who the top athletes at the same time. And especially with OCRWC, they take all the obstacles from all, all the different races. So That's it's right. really cool. You know, I love that concept. I always have. Um, yeah. My, my man, Justin Manning's over there, though. So I know he's working hard with, um, with that company. So that's cool. Yeah, cause he it, it does he still does uh 
uh, start line for y'all too sometimes, right? Sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, he's he does it all. He does the start line. He does DJ. Yeah. He, uh, he works with like I, I know he does a lot of races in New York, like a lot of fun runs out in New York and stuff. Yeah. So he's always busy. I think he does. Uh, announcing for like wrestling in his hometown in Brooklyn, oh really i think so i didn't know that that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah he's a true announcer that guy yeah have you ever done a ocr world championship yeah totally I, uh that's the thing is like i wish i could do more but i'm always busy doing like you know our weekends are always taken up now right. but i went to the very first one and and i won my age group but like got took home the fat check and everything it was badass oh that's cool was, dude. yeah i was in ohio back then in 2014 yeah. uh it was a, i did the 35 to 39 and I, I just went out there peaking at the right time after killington um I raced in 2014. I went out there and did that OCRWC and won. I couldn't believe it. So yeah, it's always been very. Uh, I've had a you know soft spot for them out there. Now you said 2014 Killington. Isn't that the year that was like notorious for having this awful like double sandbag carry? Yeah, that was like a norm course. I'm pretty yeah exactly. And I always remembered. Um, I, uh, that's where like I met Isaiah uh, and I, Isaiah Vidal, and I couldn't believe that he did that course twice. Like it was like a seventeen mile course, and he was a young kid back then, and right. I couldn't believe. I was like, "Who the hell is this guy? He just <laughs> ran this thing like nothing." And I, I just you know had an amazing race myself, but I only did it once, and I still to this day that's what I love about ultra racing is like not only do you do the beast once, but you do it twice. You know, plus a little extra now. I know, and it's rough at Killington doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, props, props, well done, bro. Man, it kicked my ass this last time, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> it, it was a rough no, course. No, man, you did it, man, that's, that's so awesome, man, that's amazing feat, man, that's the, you know, the birthplace of Spartan, that's another, like, thing on your resume, if, you know, if you have a resume of races, you know, Killington, boom, check, you got that, you know, that's it's pretty special. Yeah, man, it's so beautiful up there, too, man. I really love that venue. It's super cool. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, it's so, you get up there, and it's like you're in the trees and the canopy. It's so dark. It's like night and day. Yeah. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, and then I love at night when all the headlamps come out, and you see all the flickering of all the headlamps and all that. So it's just really, really cool absolutely yeah it's really cool seeing like the last few folks come across the finish line before cutoff at killington that's really cool i i i stayed there one year and watched the last few come over and that was really cool to watch yeah oh. ultra is something else i tell you it is it really is i mean just having the nutrition uh, you know i always say <laughs> it's just it's like a work shift sometimes you know you're out there for eight to ten twelve hours you know it's just like man you're putting in the work yeah well you've done uh iron man's have you ever done a full iron man have you done any of those so not officially no i mean i've and i've done the distance but not an official iron man right but i've done like all the distances at one point but that's still my buddy machete and i we plan on Last year was the year we were going to do one, and then this this year we're still planning on doing one, but we're just trying to figure out where if we could squeeze it in. We did Arizona half, and um, I think I'm going to do maybe the SoCal uh, half coming up at the end of uh, October. So right, I, yeah, I definitely I like to get one Ironman and one half. I mean, one half Ironman a year at least. In that's awesome. 
I couldn't imagine swimming, riding the bike that long, and then running behind it too. That just seems like an an epic feat, man. And we're talking about doing Spartan ultras, and I think, you know, the idea of doing an Ironman or a, a, a long triathlon, even a half, you know, those that's such an awesome feat to me. What's your fastest time doing a half? Uh, probably like four and a half hours, five hours. Oh wow. Um, yeah, depending on the course, because, like, you know, that always, if it's a hilly course, like Whistler, Canada, that was hilly. But, I mean, I love the swim, you know, then it's 1.2 swim, and then you get a 56-mile bike and just a half marathon. So that's, that's a 70.3 is not bad if you break it down. And, you know, it's the course is always beautiful, and the, the Ironman is always the support is, is amazing. So you're out there, people are cheering you on and you get to transition. It's but they they take care of you. So and that, that, it is expensive. So it's oh, similar yeah. to an ultra race. So, you know, if you're going to do an ultra, you can definitely afford to do an Ironman because those things cost, you know, pretty penny. Yeah, man. And getting a good bike, that's money. Yeah. See, that's where I'm right now. That's my problem is that I, my bike crank, is like on his last leg so i'm afraid for i'm about to upgrade so we'll see if i can get a bike in the next few weeks <laughs> yeah i got a few friends that are pretty hardcore into doing it and they were telling me like all the money they had into their bike and i'm like man if i had a that much money to put in a bike it's going to be a crotch rocket <laughs> no it, that's true and at the same time i agree with that but at the same time like I kind of think of myself as like the Mike Tyson of triathlons because I don't go out there with all the fancy gear. Like right. I'll just wear some black shorts, some shoes. The underdog. And I just, you know, it's about what you have in under the engine, under your hood, right? It's like yeah. it doesn't have to be pretty, but if you can get there. Yeah, man, I mean, but it, basically. it just makes you look like a badass when you're passing those guys that have got their racing kits on and you just got some <laughs> yeah. shorts on, man, not even clipped into the bike, man, and just stomping uh, their ass. No, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, def, I don't, you know, I don't have the arrow bar, or not the arrow, I have arrow bars, but I'm saying I don't have, like, the arrow helmet and, like, I don't have all that stuff. So, it really, honestly, like, with Ironmans, they make you wear a shirt, or otherwise I'd be, you know, team no shirt there, too, right. because... You know, <laughs> it's just all about just getting out there, and it's basic. You know, you don't really need the ten thousand dollar bike. You still get get away with a fifteen hundred dollar bike, you know, and still make good time. Yeah, man. How do you find time to train for, you know, doing a long distance in, you know, a tri sport and working for UPS, man? Because those well, are long sure. days at UPS, aren't they? Well, that's kind of where I get my training. Is just time on your time feet, on really. Feet. I mean. I, you know, I'm 45 years old. I've got a really good foundation. So at this point, it's just kind of like maintenance, working on technique, staying injury free, you know, staying healthy, eating right. Um, recovery is huge with training. And now as you get older, so uh, for me, I always tell I'm always about less is more as far as like distance weekly. Mm -hmm. But I do make it quality. So, you know, quality runs one or one or two quality runs a week for sure. Uh, varying distances but uh, my main thing is just because uh, sometimes I'll um, run to work or I'll ride my bike to work which is about nine to ten miles yeah so I'll do that every other day um, and that kind of uh, you know that's where I get my training sometimes when I can't get my training um, 
and then if I'm on vacation, I try to like, if I'm traveling, I try to get it in wherever I go. You, you, I don't know if you know, I'll try to like get the sprint course and kissing me. You know, I ran that just, just to get the legs loose or I always try to get out wherever I'm at just to get acclimated to the whatever time zone or just, you know, the, the elevation or something. So I always try to get a shakeout run in wherever I'm at and just mainly just stay active, you know, I mean, spin here at the house a little bit here, just little jogs here and there. I mean, you know, it's just about staying active consistently, not really about too much volume where you get injury. That's my main thing. Right. What was that race like at Kissimmee? Because wasn't that like a, a called like a city race or something? Yeah, it was really cool. It was like a hybrid of a stadium out out in a regional park yeah. um, where they had the stadium obstacles. It was a sprint. It was a one day, real quick, uh, flat, fast. Um, I like to think it's like where a lot of people are just getting their feet wet with Spartan, you know, right. and uh, I think it's a great entry thing for people to just see what it's about. And uh, it was awesome. I think a good 1,500 people, maybe 2,000 people were there, you know. It wasn't the hugest event, but it was great. It was really awesome. Yeah, because don't don't they have like kind of like more? You said like the stadion obstacles there, like you know they have like the exercise stations and stuff. Did they have that? So yes, we had the ram, the Spartan ram. You know that was cool. Uh, we had that like little gauntlet at the end, little punching bags they run through instead of the fire. Yeah. Um, instead of jerry cans or like these like uh, heavy water bags that we carry. Um, what else is different? I think there might be one or two that are different there, but, you know, they have their staples to go the spear throws, A-frames, Z-walls, you know, all That's that cool. stuff, Hercoist, but they still mix in a few here and there. That's cool. See, I've never done a stadium re- uh, venue because they're always up north, and I just don't want to fly to go do, like, a one-day sprint, so... Oh yeah, you, you want one to come down to like down to Florida somewhere, huh? Like Tampa Bay, like where they first started, or yeah. Miami or something. Yeah, because I think like I started running a uh, obstacle course in like 2015, and I think that was the last year they did it in Tampa was 2015. Yeah, and that was like football oriented. I heard I yeah. didn't make it to that one, but I heard a lot of good things. Yeah, I think you actually had to throw a football at one of the <laughs> yeah, obstacles yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that's I mean I, I that's the thing is that you mentioned I've been racing for a long time so I've kind of like dabbled in every uh, race that Spartan has to offer which kind of like gave me the satisfaction of racing in those genres so that way whenever I do go to these races I don't have that FOMO as much as I used to because I've already raced like I raced a whole season of stadium races back in the day oh, wow. to try to win a um, back then they gave away a um, season pass to the top 10 in elite. So back in the day I raced the whole season. I was like, I got bumped out by Isaiah Vidal at a 10th place. I was so close to getting a season pass. And it was cool because back then I worked for fit aid and I was still working for Spartan, but, and I was still, that was my goal was like to like, you know, try to get that top 10 and that's raced the whole series, you know? So, and then also I've done the hurricane heats and all that, the Spartan extreme. So I try to like do everything so that when I'm up there on stage, you know, I, I know what I'm talking about. So right. people can like know that I always say, not only do I walk the walk, you know, but I can talk when I talk the talk, you know, I walk the walk, you know? Yeah. Have you ever done like the death race or any of the agogis? 
So I've been wanting to do it. That's I've been asking my boss, Mike Morris, to like hook me up and let me get into that agogi because I'm ready. I was ready in Greece. That was one of the things I wanted to do was get out there in Greece. Mm. Um, so it's just a matter of scheduling. I'm like, hey, boss, will you let me get into that yeah. death race or the next agogi for sure? That's the the pinnacle. You know, if you can get that done then, you know, you're, that's it. You know, you've made it through all, like, I guess, remember back in the day, they called it the Delta where you did all right. of the things that they had to offer. Yep. And you had to do the agogi was one of them. Yeah. And you had yeah, to do a so four hour, 12 still, hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause I remember like the coolest one that they did that I would have liked to have gone to was the one they did on the wall of China, that agogi they did there. That one looked like super awesome. Just yeah, for you, just for destination. The Great Wall of China. I mean, yeah, Mongolia. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, unbelievable. So that's what I'm. I'm just waiting on another. Yeah, exactly. Good destination to go do that. Accomplish. Like I think they've been to like uh, Namibia or whatever, like in Africa somewhere. Yeah. I mean, that's just insane. So are you going to try to make it to uh, Abu Dhabi? I would like to, but it's in December, so yeah. I think I've already, you know, made my commitment to Old Brown. Big Brown has me in December, so I, unless I, I don't know. That's I'd have to have to see about that. Right. I, I wish, I wish. I'm definitely not working it. I, I know that, but mm. you know, there's always a chance I can get out there and race. I'm down. Did you see the pic? <laughs> did you see the pictures that uh, Garfield shared on his uh, Facebook post today? He probably posted. Yeah. Man, those, that place looks, it looks, it looks epic. You yeah, know, just so intense, you just want to like uh, snowboard down those hills, huh? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're that steep too, man. It just, it looks like a different world over there. That looks awesome. Yeah, those, the dunes are so high. I mean, that, they're like, he was saying like, you know, half a kilometer up or whatever, you know, just so steep. Like, it's pretty awesome. That'd be hard to run up some deep sand hills like that. Yeah, I'm following Joe, uh, Joe's Instagram, so I guess he's been getting the royal treatment out there. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I I don't think I've seen what what Joe's posted, but I saw where Garfield was riding camels and stuff. It was pretty funny. Yeah, they're all doing a site visit, uh, and I know Garfield's coming back, and that, then he's going to go work uh, Nashville. Oh, cool, really? I'll see him next weekend, then. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, um, because I was supposed to work Nashville, but my son is getting married, so I had to get that race covered. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have a son, he's 24, he's about to take the plunge. <laughs> mm. Dang, man, you don't seem that old to be having a son that's about to get married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about to be 46 this year. I'm in the, in the 40, 40 to 49. Hey, man. <laughs> One of the hardest age groups there is, right? But wait, are you going to DJ his wedding? That's what everybody wants to know. <laughs> no, yeah, I know, I know. I told him, I said, hey, if you need some help, he's like, no, we got this covered. You can take it off. It's like, cool, cool. <laughs> we don't want you to be playing your old dad music at our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, I'm, you know, I'm single, so I'm just going to relax and just sit back as a pops and enjoy and just, you know. Heck yeah. All right, listeners, y'all heard that. Mark's single. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know going to a wedding and stuff I, i've never you know it's kind of cool to go to a wedding oh yeah i don't really go to too many especially my sons yeah don't embarrass him <laughs> i know right i've already planned in my speech <laughs> that's funny 
<clears throat> so, man, out of all the different races, you know, that you've been to in all these different countries, you know, I know you said that, that like, Sparta was, like, your favorite one, but, like, out of all the ones you went to, which one was the one that probably had probably the most culture shock? Oh, definitely Tokyo, yeah. I mean, that race. But, I mean, at the same time, that's what was so awesome about Tokyo because I had my cousin who lived out there, so I stayed with him. Oh, cool. And the culture, yeah, the culture out there is amazing. They're so respectful, and it's it's, it's just, it is I wish um, we could like take a page from their culture, you know, just the history and they go back thousands of years and just right. everything that they practice is really good. Their, their food is good. It's not all like processed and all crazy, you know, it's all natural. And you know, I just like the way they live in Japan. It's pretty cool. Mm. They're just so respectful to one another. That was the main thing I took away. That's awesome. We need to be more like that here. Everybody needs to be Absolutely. more respectful to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back to the old school ways a little bit more, yeah. yeah. I blame social media and people trolling all the time. <laughs> totally, <laughs> I agree, 100%. Good Lord, man. <laughs> people go nuts on social medias over the stupidest shit. Yeah, I've seen that. Like, um, my my picture recently uh, actually got reposted to the UPS page, and it's funny how much these guys, these trolls, come out like and like try to pick apart my my uniform or maybe my park position or just like stupid shit. Like, I'm totally like doing things legit, but they just try to find the littlest things that like like you said, pick apart. It's I don't really crazy trip, but I just think it's funny. Like you said, that's crazy, man. Like the people ain't got nothing better to do than just you know. Give her, give somebody some shit that they're never yeah. probably gonna meet. You know, it's just crazy. They get all courage. They got those courage behind the keyboard, right? Yeah, <laughs> keyboard warriors, man. That's so stupid. <clears throat> so, man, you got Tahoe coming up this weekend, man. What are you looking forward to the most? Well, you know, that's what, what I wanted to talk to you about. Like, you know, talk to all the age groupers out there if they're listening. You know, I just want them to know, like. I want to see them have a great race and, you know, believe that they've been working hard towards this weekend, wherever they're going, whether it's, you know, like you said, Tahoe or um, Vermont. I just, you know, want them to know that, to believe in all the work they've been doing all this far. And that's all I want to see is just everyone have a great race and, you know, and good weather, of course. Right. <laughs> For everyone out there, good weather. Well, and I know that there's not going to be a swim out there in yeah. Tahoe. So that's, I know that's a relief off many people's minds. Yeah, no you know? water obstacles. But, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done it a few times. So now I'm ready to go out there, work the race, and give it 110% on the mic and play uh, 48 hours of no repeat music out there <laughs> in the festival area. Oh, so you you don't repeat music? Oh, hell no, bro. That's kind of the thing that I like to take pride in is that, uh, I mean, if of course it's a request, I might play it again or whatnot. Right. But at the same time, I only take requests from like volunteers or Spartan kids. Um, right. Or, you know, uh, it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's the same people in the staff. They want to hear good music for the whole weekend. And I don't want them to be hearing the same things over and over and over again. So That's pretty dope, I like man. I keep it fresh. I play like a lot of the pump up music on Saturday and then like most of like the classic rock throwback stuff on Sunday, you know, and just, I keep it fresh all weekend. Yeah. Just as long as you ain't playing no country music. Don't nobody want to hear that. (laughs) I I try to get (laughs) into the country, dude. Trust me. I got you, Scott. Don't worry. Hey man, I don't (laughs) like country, man. So just, 
I know I sound country as fuck, but I don't <laughs> listen to country music at all. Well, they got that's the thing is like now country's like the genre is expanding. So yeah, it's, it's it just, sounds like pop a, music, a lot of it. Oh, is that? A yeah, lot they of got it. electronic in, and they got rap and country now. It's just yeah. like now they got everything. Yeah, it's just it's bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's the thing is like I know that I can't play music for for myself or what I like. It's what everybody else likes. So even if oh, I yeah. don't like it, I still have to play some stuff. Right. You know? Well, I mean, if you're going and 48 I, hours, that's what I like to do. Is like I like to play music for the youngsters out there and like the old like you know like the older spartans you know so i try to keep it fresh for everybody i mean if you're going 48 hours man and not repeating song that's pretty epic man that sounds like hard work <laughs> well not well I, i'm kind of exaggerated i mean it's two days but right um, I, I think it's usually on ultra days those are my longest weekends um go from like 6 a.m until like 9 or 10 at night you know Man. So yeah, keeping that fresh is is not easy, but I've done it, and you know, working Hawaii, working Utah, and Killington, and all these weekends all all year long, I'm ready for a great championship weekend. What would just you like you guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what would you say is the hardest part about your job, man? Um, the hardest part. That's a very good question because. There were many aspects of it that were hard in the beginning, but now I've been doing it so long, right. um, just like anything, you know, it's become easier. Um, those long hours, you know, keeping the keeping it exciting for the last racer, it's just like, you know, I want to keep it fun for the last racer just like I do for the elites. So the people that are coming across at 9 or 10 at night are getting the same excitement as, they, as the elite racers, you know. So I'd say that is still difficult at times because – you know, I'm tired, haven't eaten anything or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you're just not feeling it, but you got to give it all for, you know, the Spartans coming in. And because that's the experience that they're going to remember. So that's what I try to give back. And that's the hardest thing, but also the most, most rewarding, you know? So, so how do you, how do you keep that motivation going like all day, man? Keep that pump going, man. Are you just <laughs> slamming Red Bulls, man? Yeah, yeah, I think it's whatever. The, for most of the time, yeah, I admit uh, it's whatever. Like the Spartan sponsors are are giving out right. at, at the weekend, like a shock, or uh, I try to keep my fo um, focus aid on hand. You know that Life Aid products always yeah. on hand for the most part. Um, Using those Spartan but, energy pills are giving well, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I definitely take some handfuls of that Spartan energy. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just – some sometimes it's like whatever you can do to get through that day because, you know, it's tough. Um, and you just got to – you know, whatever they have on site. Sometimes we're remote, so we don't really don't have too many options. So it's like whatever they have at base camp or whatever's just around. And so I have some really, really, really cool Spartan friends that, like, sometimes might bring me something here or there. Like, yeah. But, you know um, – because I love chocolate chip cookies, or, yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that. When I'm on the island over there at the main stage, you know, and there's nothing around. Sometimes I'll have a life raft here or there that'll save me. <laughs> That's cool, man. So out of all the venues that you've worked, man, what's your favorite race venue to work at? Oh, man, that is an excellent question, too. Um, and it's probably going to be something that's surprisingly uh, surprised because – I enjoyed uh, 
Portland a lot. Portland is always such a beautiful venue, that that course in the Pacific Northwest when you're running in the moss and everything. I mean, because I've worked and raced it, and I just love it out there. Um, And that's one thing, too, is like I kind of have taken most venues from both aspects, racing and working. So the question is working. Yeah, I got to like one year I got to like stay. I I made my DJ stage up in the crow's nest. That was pretty cool. So I was up there like oh, that is cool. it's a racetrack, you know, it's a racetrack with Shugo. So it's pretty cool. It's an intimate, smaller venue festival area, but uh, the people up there are amazing and um, it's very special. Idaho, I think Idaho is another one. These are both one-day events, but I think it's very special. There's something about Boise and Washugo and some of these smaller, intimate um, races. That's cool, man. What's been like your most impactful moment that you've had, like working a race, like maybe like an interaction with a racer or something like that, man? Tell us a story. Oh, oh man, Scott, that's why that's, I mean, every race we see that, that's people like just like coming out of their comfort zones at every race. Um, yeah. You know, you see the, the 95 year old war veterans. You see the uh, special adaptive athletes. Yeah. I mean, there's just top to bottom. I mean, you see, you know, even it goes into like the and the the pro professional athletes. You start seeing like Randy Moss and Serena Williams and just you know movie stuff. You know, just top to bottom. And I think I personally I, I love the story of Marla uh, Marla Sweeney. Uh, do, do you know her? She's um, a, she's a senior Spartan. You know, she's uh, in her seventies, I believe, and she's just out there constantly. She's like that one guy. Um, I forget his name, but he's very popular. Yeah, Monty, I, know who, I, I know which guy you're talking about because he does a lot of the races over here on the East Coast. Yeah, Marla's from Arizona, and she's just always a sweetheart out there, pushing, and she does the races. You know, and, and I think that's or or, you know, at the same time, the guys that are, might be blind that are doing it blind or, you know, those, those type of people who are out there and it's not easy, but they're still out there pushing. And I just love that. And I have much so much respect for that. You know, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. But every weekend, Scott, every weekend we see it uh, yeah. is it's really cool thing to see for sure. Yeah, man. It's always like. You know, it doesn't matter what race you go to, man. You always get pumped up when you're there, just seeing everybody out there just doing their thing, you know, at their own pace, man. It's just, it, it always pumps me up, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, did the New Jersey um, Ultra. That was my first Ultra. And Mine I too. said, oh, I'm never going to do it again. And <laughs> then I worked an Ultra. And then I was like, well, I got inspired. And that's how it happens, you know, I even after saying I'll never do that again, I was like, here I am doing another one. And that's just how it is. It's very inspiring to see everyone out there and what, it makes you want to get out there. What year did you do your ultra there? Uh, dang. I want to say it was like 2016 or the first year they had it there. Right. I, yeah, I want to say, I can't remember exactly, but it was the oval buckle. I can tell you that yeah. it was an oval yeah, the silver oval one. Yeah, that that was the first year I did mine. I think we probably did the fir- our first ultra the same one. I bet. Because uh, it was twenty six. I think the weather got bad towards the end, and I was out there for a good eleven hours. Yeah. 
was yeah, a long it was, day. it was brutal. Like, I, I wasn't ultra ready back then, and I had only done it because it was something that my team was doing. Everyone had to do an ultra that year, so right. I was like, okay, I'll do it, and I did it with them. Um, but I was like, never again, because I was like a short distance guy. And I, but now it's like that's the thing. It's like it's an evolution. Your your body gets stronger, and now. I used to take like a week off after a 5K and now I can run like 25 miles and be back to work the next day. So it's just a testament of how you build your body up, you know? Yeah, man. Well, Mark, man, we're getting on an hour here, but I always ask people when they come on the same questions. So. Yeah, it's been an hour already. Time flies when you're having fun. That's right, man. <laughs> it sure does. So uh, what I want to ask you is, is out of all the races that you've done, and it can be anything, triathlon, 5K. So what has been your most favorite race that you've done and why? All right. That, all right. Great question. Uh, and that's an easy one, probably probably because it was the 24-hour one. And, you know, it's just like such an experience to like doing a race for 24 hours. And I'm just like, you know, you get to absorb everything and, I was up there in Sweden for that 24 hour ultra and you're up there on this mountain by yourself, you know, with winds blowing sideways and it's snowing up there. It's just like, and you're trying to climb like a eight foot wall and it's like just crazy conditions like sure. that. I thought there's nothing like I'll never be able to like relive that moment. That's probably my best Spartan moment. It's just going through that loop, that five mile loop. You know, I did the 30 miles um, and, and, you know ryan atkins did like 85 that 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 day but it's just pretty crazy um that's probably one of my favorite moments in spartan race is the 24 hour and that's why i'm going back again to do that telluride because i couldn't get enough of it now i want more (laughs) (laughs) you know did you do the one in iceland too no, I wish. Man, that's one of my bucket is to go to Iceland and see the uh, Aurora Borealis. Yeah. So I, I wish I would have. I wish. Yeah, that was pretty cool. The year they did that too. I know, and and, and Fiore, Josh Fiore, is still killing it. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, he just came off and just won in Killington recently. Yeah, he he waxed everybody there too. <laughs> Hell yeah, and that guy's badass. I love watching him out there. Yeah, man, he's he's a stud for sure. All right, so the next question is, is what race did you dislike the most and why? Well, that, that, that's kind of like a, an easy question as well because there are no really races I dislike because, you know, really, if, it's a, if, if everyone's talking shit about a race, then you know it was a good race, you know? Yeah. And so whenever I hear a lot of shit talk about a race – then I know then that was a good race. And so um, just all the hard ones. I mean, if you if it was a shitty race, then then that's what I want. That's as a Spartan, that's what I welcome. And I haven't had any shitty races except for that 2019 Tahoe race. <laughs> that was a shitty race. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, we're good. But I mean, it, it wasn't good. a shitty race. It just had shitty weather. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think honestly, I, I wasn't mentally, I wasn't there either. I was in a different i wasn't there mentally either so i had a bad race but yeah all in preparation you know it's all about preparation yeah all right so what is like your race ritual like it's friday night what are you doing to prepare for your race on saturday morning what are you doing before the race on saturday 
you know, if you're running on Sunday, what are you doing to prepare after the race Saturday to get ready for the race on Sunday? What is your race ritual? Tell us all your secrets. <laughs> okay, that's a that's a good question. But so I'll. Um, this is kind of funny because it depends. Back in the day, like I um, when I wasn't vegan or vegetarian, you know, um, and I'd like race on Saturday and I'd do well. I'd have beers and fries and everything, and I'd come back and race good on Sunday. Um, and now that I'm vegetarian and vegan, though, now I. I'm way cleaner after I race. I don't part. I don't celebrate as much because I know I'm going to race on Sunday. So now I don't burn candles at both ends like I used to. But yeah. at the same time, I might enjoy some vegan cookies or some dairy-free ice cream and stuff. Um, but as far as preparation and things like that, like the day before on Friday night, um, you know, I'm just stretching out and uh, maybe using the stem e stem machine on some on my legs. I'm really just like doing some push-ups, trying to stay, you know, I'm just right. trying to stay loose, uh, trying to stay hydrated. Um, cause really, you know, especially for a long race, I'm making sure I've have, I got my gear all ready to go. My sodium, my electrolytes, my car, like liquid carbs. Um, make sure, you know, the pack is ready to go. All your nutrition is dialed in. Um, for the short races, just making sure, you know, I got my shoes ready and, and my uh, bag ready and just, um, because at this point, you know, you want to just not have anything to worry about. So that's where I'm at. Like if you've been doing it a long time, you don't want to be worrying about things. Just want to know you have everything you need. All the hard work's been done. Like, like you're going to hear me quote this a million times over the weekend, but I always say, it's like all the hard work's been done. Now let's get out and have some fun. You know, it's like, don't worry about a thing. It's like it's it's it is what it is now it's like now all you gotta do is get out there and put one foot in front of the other right yeah that's a good saying i like that <laughs> oh yeah i got tons of them i got tons of them <laughs> uh, but that's one thing i wanted to tell uh, your listeners out there is like uh if they are racing age group and if they're racing competitively like to always remember like you know every second counts out there it does. What, 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 you, hear, you hear me say it every time huh, Scott, out on, when i'm announcing the awards like do not lose your race by uh, ten, right. you know, a hundredth of a second right it happens <laughs> so just remember mm. when they're out on that course and they're in between obstacles or they're just like dilly-dallying around to remember that the tick the clock is still ticking like and at the end of the day, they do not want to end up fourth place because of, uh, you know, one second. So that's, right. that's the main thing I wanted, like, to say to all your listeners and anyone out there. It's just like, you know, be ready and always be pushing and always have a sense of urgency. Yeah, I mean, like, during sprints, you know, I try to not even get water at the water stations on a sprint just to <laughs> save the seconds, man. And like on the supers and the beast, if you run by a volunteer like at the water station and they don't have like the water already in the cups, I'll be like, fuck it, I'll just get it at the next one. I don't want to take that time to fumble with a yeah. cup and get it out of the sleeve and pour water in it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I will grab a cup and throw it on my face, and if some of it lands in my mouth, good, then the rest <laughs> is just all over me. <laughs> yeah, man, because like in Asheville... I think it was on the, oh yeah, Asheville on the Super, you know, that was like a national series race. And uh, there wasn't a lot of time that I think I could have shaved off. I did have to wait a little bit to get on Olympus. Uh But like, I come across the line and I passed the dude that was in fourth place, but I think he was further back in the corral. 
So yeah. he actually still had a second on me for fourth place, but like me and him both were like, we were like three seconds away between third place between all of yeah. us. That's how close it was, man. Yeah, that is that is racing right there. It it was, man. That's like and it's like you were talking about an age group, man. You got to race against the clock. You can't race against who you see because you don't know yeah. if they're in your age group or not. You know. Oh yeah, especially because everyone's looking younger, and you know you never know. It's like yeah, this guy this guy could be in your age, but you know. And I, honestly, I actually mentioned this a while back uh, to Steve Hammond and to uh, like Kevin Gelati and a few of the guys. Like, we should put our age groups on your calves because that's what we do in triathlons. We'll write the age group on our calves, so you'll know who you're passing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that's a, that's a good point. I've always thought, you know, it would be cool if, if everybody would rally and, you know, and kind of do that or, you know, ride yeah. it on the back of their headband. But, you know, a lot of people, including me, they'll pull their headband around their neck, you know, yeah. so it's hard yeah, to but, keep up with all of it. Yeah, totally. Um, but you know, like to go back to circle around to your question, but that's kind of like what I, you know, wanted to say and my Friday, um, preparation is kind of like that you know it's just like and my saturdays hopefully if you know i just stay good the whole weekend i don't like try to want to get too crazy eat too much so that i'm you know in the porta potties on sunday just right. <laughs> you always got to think ahead you know and i like you kind of know after race what your body's good and you know that kind of stuff so you know as far as pre preparation is like just trial and error and everyone's different so like what might, might work for me might not work for everyone else but i encourage everyone to like try mock uh, races on their own and then they can take that to race day you know that's another good tip for real so like being vegan like what's your go-to dinner the night before a race and like what's your go-to breakfast before the race so i like um so for dinner, like the quinoa, the um, yams, yeah. um, Brussels sprouts, I'm sticking, you know, strictly vegetables and really just keeping it fresh. Right. Um, I love, like, you know, what's really kept me um, in my ultras is the uh, white potatoes, golden potatoes. Yeah. Man, I just like some salt and some potatoes. That's all you need. <laughs> and really, it's really helped me um, fuel-wise um, with just keeping it natural not keeping it having all the chemicals and all the you know right. bubble guts and all that so as for 24 hours just keeping the food natural now mm. is really good for me um, and not tr not keeping it too much chemicals because um, I'll keep I will I'll drink the um, carbo pro mm -hmm. you know so I'll mix that with some stuff but for the most part um, you know for breakfast I might have some oatmeal and um that's about it you know coffee right yeah because after <laughs> about keep it simple everything's simple ingredients just basic stuff yeah because after you've you know gone about eight hours on goose man it's just like you want something else it's like it's hard to keep making yourself take yeah. down a goo you know or gels any gels i don't care what it is i love um beet juice really um that's what I, I've been loving that beet, the nitric oxide from the beet juice. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've really been sticking with just stuff that works for me over years. And I've just kind of had my proven stuff now that I go to. 
That's cool. So you might, you know, that yeah, that's my secret. It's kind of go-to stuff it's like Carbo Pro, Liquid Carbs, right? Um, and uh, beet juice, some beet elite, or some of that alt red, um, and salt tabs. You know, keeping that sodium in and electrolytes. That's you get a good combination of that stuff, and you're golden any distance. You know. Right on. So, Mark, you're going to be at Tahoe this weekend. What other races are you doing the rest of the year? Uh, so, yeah, that I got, what, Tahoe, um, Telluride Race. Oh, cool. Uh, Big Bear Work, um, and then San Luis Obispo Work. And then I'm going to try to squeeze in Phoenix because I love Arizona and all my Arizona homies out mm. there. So definitely get that race in, so. And that's close to SoCal. So um, I got like one work, one race, one work, one race, you know, kind of like alternating for the rest of the year. So got a nice little fall schedule going. Yeah, it is. You might have to take some sick days at work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing. I'm really fortunate. It's like, uh, yeah, I do. I Like this weekend, I'm not going to lie. I'm calling in sick tomorrow. As I'm leaving on the plane, I'll be calling in. But uh, uh, I do have some time off, like a couple weeks left, so I was able to schedule some time. Yeah, and they're going to be like, all right, we need you to bring in a false, uh, you know, a, a negative COVID test when you come out to work. <laughs> <laughs> I already used that one. I like, because I, you know, I wasn't lucky enough, I haven't gotten it, but I was like, one time, I was like, within the four days, I was like, I should just stay home just in case. And I, you know, just as, as an excuse. That's funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark. Uh, man, I'm out of questions, dude. Is there anything you want to add to this and tell people where to follow you at? Oh, yeah. If they want to follow me, sure. On Instagram, I'm at Ironman619. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you, man. Really, really great catching up with you. I know we don't get a chance to talk because of the music's blaring and <laughs> I'm always yeah. getting pulled away. But, yeah, it was really cool to ch chat with you. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you at future races on the podium and, yeah, this is a great experience. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah, man. Have fun this weekend, and uh, good luck at Telluride, bro. Oh, yeah. I'll bring it home for us, guys. That's for sure. I hear you. Well, we'll talk to you later, man. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Mark again for taking time to talk to us. If you see him on the main stage this weekend at Tahoe, go up to him and tell him you want to hear some heavy metal. Also, good luck to everybody running Tahoe, and good luck to everybody running in Vermont. It's a shame that both of these huge races are on the same weekend, but you know what? It's just that is how it is. We're going to have to make the best of it. I will be at Savage this weekend. If you see me out there, come up to me and say what's up. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and we'll see you at the next race. Peace.